0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Keep Bright On podcast. As ever, I'm joined by my co-host and colleague, Brian Dick, to discuss all things Birmingham City. We are going to come straight on to the the big talking point this week. Obviously, you know, the news that Tony Mowbray will be stepping aside from Birmingham City duties for the foreseeable um, after a medical diagnosis. Uh, We'll start with that shortly. We're also going to be talking about the big win over Sunderland on Saturday. Before moving on to questions and takes from supporters, obviously there's going to be a Mowbray theme to those questions and takes as well. So, Brian, um, firstly, just uh, for those you know that haven't read the statement, I can't imagine there aren't many at this point, but just talk us through the the announcement yesterday and what it means to Blues.
1: So yeah, it came uh, Monday morning, just. You know, a couple of couple of days after after what had been a fantastic um, weekend and a second victory in a, in a few days for Mowbray over another of his former clubs. Um, so yeah, uh, it came like something of a bolt out of the blue. Um, and the club statement said that, uh, quoted Mowbray as saying, uh, "Following my recent LMA health assessment, I've received a medical diagnosis that will require me to have treatment." Undergoing treatment will necessitate that I temporarily step away from the technical area as manager of Birmingham City. Until I return, my assistant manager Mark Venus will take temporary charge of the team, um, supported as we know by Ashley Cole, Pete Shuttleworth and Mike Taylor. And he does say I will continue to provide advice and counsel while undergoing treatment. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the top and bottom of it. Uh, and I know this story isn't about me, but my first reaction was, "Why can't we have nice things?" Um, you know, everything seemed to be going so well uh, after, after after the the Sunderland game, but then you know, football pales into in- insignificance, doesn't it? When when you when you hear about someone's uh, someone's illness, um, so I think it's important to say, Alex, isn't it? We we both want to make this absolutely clear mm. um, that we don't have any more information other than the, the club statement. And if we did have that information, it would be private medical information. And I don't think either us would have any interest in just putting that into the public domain.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, we should probably really talk about the impact that Mowbray has made in his short time as Birmingham City manager. Um, and hopefully that obviously won't be affected by this, by this slight change. Um, you know, when you look at it on the face of it, Brian, eight games... Four wins, one draw, three defeats in all competitions. Ten points from his six league games in charge. After the game against Sunderland, I put a little tweet out, basically in a comparison with with Wayne Rooney's games, in that you know Rooney got ten points from fifteen games in charge. So you know, Blues are on a, a nice a nice track under Mowbray. Results have you know results have obviously been helped by those bats to wins against Blackburn and Sunderland, but in those two games, we saw real positive signs, didn't we?
1: We did, even in some of the defeats, actually, Alex, to be fair.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, You know, the the first half of the cup match against Leicester, the first 20 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday when when the two teams looked as though they were leagues apart. um, You know, in most games, I would say, yes, I can see a coherent Birmingham City that, that, you know, Tony Mowbray has has just come in and and put together almost on the hoof. It's been really impressive. But, yeah, obviously, it is a results game, and, and those two... Two victories against Blackburn and Sunderland, you know, notwithstanding the emotional ties that um, that, that Mowbray would have, would have felt, um, they came at a really good time because it, the the two of the bottom three feel like they've got moving a little bit, don't they? Um, but mm. what what they've done is Blues have got a difficult run of fixtures now. Uh, they've kept the Wolf from the door from that point of view, and they've dragged a lot of other other clubs down there. Um, and Blues Blues now only need. You know, it's. I would say a point a game to to get to sort of fifty two points and, and and stay 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 in the league now. So hopefully the 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 bulk of the the back's been broken of the bulk of the work, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I. What would you say have been? What have you enjoyed most about, or been impressed most about the the Mowbray Makeover so far?
0: The style, and we we've spoken yeah. about it a couple of times, but. When we know that Blues are wanting to change style from when they they parted ways with John Eustace back in October, but there's been clear and concise messages being put across to the players. There's been an obvious identity in the way that Blues have played in the in the eight games under Mowbray. They've not wavered from that. They've played out from the back when they can. Um, he has stressed that he doesn't always want them to play out from the back. It's also about decision making, which they never quite grasped in those Rooney games. Um, I think one example of that that Mowbray wasn't pleased with against Sunderland was when was the goal that Sunderland scored in that Peck played a pass, a blind pass across his own defensive line to to Mark Robertson. Roberts was on his heels a little bit, but you know, he Jack, and Jack Clark jumped and in, intercepted and and raced away to score their goal. And um, you know, that's I think there was a, there was another example of Peck doing that earlier in that game and he almost got caught out, but Blues obviously didn't learn that lesson and and paid the price for it. You know, blues are gonna get better at playing out from the back, they're gonna be in better positions. You made a great point actually on the last podcast about you know, Mowbray came in straight away and recognized that to play that way, you need good midfielders, good midfield players who are comfortable taking the ball from the from the defenders. And in Peck and Andre Dezel, particularly, they've got two outstanding ball player midfield players. So um that's what's most impressed me. Results as well have been have been good. If you look at at 10 points from six games, I know it's been really helped by the last week, but 10 points from six games over the course of a season probably has you in that picture for sixth place. Um, I know there are a lot of teams in the Championship who challenge for, for sixth. Um, Mowbray made a point actually about his Sunderland team because they finished sixth last year and that, you know, you kind of, you win enough games in the Championship to get yourself in that in contention, you know, and then when the wheel stops, Sunderland were in sixth place last season. Whereas if it had gone on for a week or two more, they might have been eighth or ninth. So um yeah, it's a it's been a really, really impressive, impressive first six weeks in charge. And hopefully that can continue with with Mark Venus in charge. And um we should probably speak about him as well. Brian, um do you want to run us down a little bit of of the flavour we've got from Mowbray about Venus in his first first month or so in the job?
1: Uh, yeah, I think Mark Venus's biggest fan might not even be in Mark Venus's own family. Uh, Tony Tony Mowbray is a lover of Mark Venus, you know. In in his first press conference, uh, his unveiling press conference, um, he he was asked about his backroom team and and he said the one one guy I am bringing in is Mark Venus, and he referred to him as a genius, didn't he? You know, in, in, in terms of his. If I remember rightly. I think it was as much about his, his his tactical analysis and awareness and the preparation of game plans. Is if I remembered that right? Yeah, Is that I think he gets,
0: yeah. And he's intelligent in getting getting messages across. I think as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um,
1: You, 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 you listen. Venus Venus has been with Mowbray um at his at his uh, he was at Sunderland, wasn't he? Um, he's he was been with him at Coventry as well. So. You know, it's important to have a lieutenant that 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 you can trust, and um, he cl- he clearly does that. Now, you know, I, d- I don't think necessarily we're going to be getting rhyming couplets and uh, and and after dinner speeches from Venus in in, in the press conferences. Um, but if that if that it, it, um, there's no reason to think that that competency and that genius streak, if if you want to call it that, um, that, that Venus. Venus has uh, there's no reason to believe that that will disappear uh and you know he'll still be putting together the blues game game plans I suppose uncomfortably for him he he might be you know he might be the the one with the camera in his face before and after games um mm. but in terms of the preparation uh hopefully there won't there won't be too too much different there and listen I, I guess listen uh, what everyone will miss uh, in this short period, will, will be Moby's personality, mm. won't he? You know, I, th- I think he's charmed the birds from the trees, hasn't he? In, the, in his in his time at Blues so far, you know, um, the, it's it's very difficult for us to be critical of him, or you know, as as, as press men, Although you know, we do need to retain that level of objectivity. Certainly, he's very well liked around around the training centre, isn't he? And 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 the stadium. He just conducts himself in, in in a really really great way as a good human being, and he, I'm starting to sound like him now. Um, and and uh, and that will be missed. Um, but you know, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic that uh, the Venus will be able to keep the show on
0: the road for the, for what is hopefully a few weeks. Yeah, there's a warmth about Mowbray, isn't there? And you'd hope that. Um the players can almost be galvanised by this to kind of maintain results and maintain performance levels because they have, they've set their own standards quite high over the last six weeks. So hopefully they can continue to live up to that. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. So- it, sorry, just to add to that, it's, it's not like there's another manager that's gone and he's not coming back. These players okay. will still have to impress Tony Mowbray, won't they? Um, yeah. if, if, if they want to stay at the club beyond the summer. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's not a, it, we're not in a, in a in a vacuum, you know. Uh, so yeah, just thought that was worth throwing in. Sorry.
0: No, no, that's a very good point. Um, we're not going to talk about the game on Saturday because it feels like so long ago now. Um, but we do want to talk about the occasion. You know, a full house at St Andrews—the first time this season, the first time in almost five years that it's been a sellout. Uh, obviously, that was largely caused by the, the stand closures beforehand, but. You know, 27,449 people there inside St. Andrews. And it was an absolutely brilliant occasion. Three points to celebrate as well. The scenes after the Jordan James goal and after Koji Miyoshi goal were brilliant, brilliant to watch. Um, I think they call that limbs, Brian. Um, (laughs) just, uh, Just talk to us about the occasion and what it means going forward. And how important is it that we get more days like this?
1: I mean, it's vital. Uh, Tom Tom Wagner played the card. I don't think he can mm. play this card too many mm. times. Can he? You know, the "your club needs you" card. Uh, you know, he gave people. It was about a month's notice to to say that we we want to sell out Sunderland, uh, and the 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 sort of the, the ticket schemes w- went went along with that as well, and and that they helped create that. Um, so you, could, uh, Tom Wagner, can't play that card too many times, but. Um, the response from from the Birmingham City fans was, was outstanding. Uh, there was a crackle, wasn't there before before the game? It just felt like something was happening. Uh, and and I think you'll be a better place to talk about it than I will. But my biggest takeaway was um, when the when the goals went in in front of the you know the safe standing area at the bottom of the Tilton. You know, in recent years there's, there's been no one there in recent weeks. It's been relatively sparsely populated, but to see that as a, a breathing, heaving, living mass for JJ and Meoshe to, to to celebrate in front of, you know, that is, that spine tingling to me. Um, so it, it felt like St Andrew's heart was beating stronger, again, didn't it?
0: Mm. I hate to use cliches, but it did feel like the, the ball was being sucked towards that stand in the second half, particularly when you watch the first goal back. I mean there were so many kind of blocks and tackles but the ball just kept going towards the goal and getting closer and closer until eventually Jordan James put it in Um, yeah it was it was a a really special atmosphere and you know it showed the the best of St Andrews didn't it I think Miyoshi in the the interview I did with him afterwards said that he sensed that some of the Sunderland players you know were fearing the atmosphere as it got louder and louder and you know that's that's what a team I suppose needs more of you know you need to to have that backing every week and it's very difficult because we're going to come on to some of the issues later in the podcast. Um, it's very difficult to have that level of support each week. Um, but like you say, and, and Tom Wagner can only use that card, you know, once, maybe twice, he can't keep using it. So there are gonna to have to be long term initiatives put in place to make sure that you know there are bigger crowds and I think the key thing I've I've noticed from speaking to fans, and we did a survey as well of our website recently, is that the main thing that's been keeping them away in recent years is results. Um, mm. So you know they've improved a little bit under Mowbray, if they can keep improving, and Mowbray talks about having having a team that can compete at the top end of this league next season. Then you know maybe the people will come back in their in their droves.
1: Yeah, I mean I I just I think back to the. Uh... The pandemic season under Ante- Ita Karanka uh, played out terrible football. Uh, played out in, you know, uh, in a fearful way. I thought Karanka's team was were always fearful and you know frightened of the opposition in front of no supporters in empty stadiums. You, you, and then you 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 transpose onto that what Saturday was, and it is almost like like a different planet and. It was it was reminiscent, not identical for me, but reminiscent of, of some of the early Premiership um, seasons when St. Mm. An- when St Andrews was actually worth you know a, a goal star or a point or you know or, or a few points over the season or just that psychological edge. Uh, and, I, and I spoke to I spoke to people after that game as well, and and they were just so enthused to see their club you know brought back to life you know almost like a de—I use this phrase quite a bit like a defibrillator it sort of jolted them back into into life again um so yeah it was it was it was a great occasion it really was um one that we've not seen for many many years
0: Mm. now now for the downside brian Um, (laughs) i I was could you you not
1: get a pie in the press room alex is that the problem
0: (laughs) No, the press field is actually really nice again. It's a nice three uh, press <laughs> field It's an under has been top notch this season, and that is, to be fair, my uh, my main thing that I enjoy. So, uh, so yeah, don't Not get me more. Black- Don't get me started on Blackburn Rovers again. Um, okay, what I was what I was gonna say is they, you know, for all the positives that there, there are, obviously, you know, downsides. St. An- to St Andrews when it's when it's so full not just when it's so full because it was like this a little bit before Christmas as well but the traffic Brian getting away from St Andrews I think that's what's come through most from the people I've spoken to uh, it is pretty horrendous especially down Garrison Lane um, you know I was uh, speaking to a guy called Alan who runs the press room and uh, he I was asking him if he wanted me to go home because I was the last person in there but he said there's no point because we can't get down Garrison Lane because so now traffic to the roundabout anyway so um, I waited in there till half seven before leaving and um, went to up the road and you know there was traffic right the way down to Garrison Lane there was traffic going up the other way so um, yeah it was about an hour going down to the roundabout so I had to eventually go the other way and try and wriggle my way through that way but um, it's a problem it's it's a, it's not a new problem um, the owners are well aware of it and I believe they they have had meetings about it kind of trying to Work with the local authorities to to make it a little bit little bit more smooth for fans getting away from the games. Um, but yeah, because I think that the location is is the issue, and it has always been the issue. Um, Blues aren't moving away from St Andrews anytime soon, so that needs to be sorted, doesn't
1: it? It does. I, I mean, I it's difficult to know what the solution is. I, I think potentially people got quite used to driving and finding somewhere to park when the attendances weren't so big. And, and now there's more interest, mm. you know, as you say, the infrastructure just isn't there, isn't there to support that, that number of cars. Um, but I, I'm glad it's not for me to find the solution, uh, because yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think it's a really difficult one. Um, yeah, <laughs> Uh, it just put, it points away from the from the club's future lying away from from St Andrews, doesn't it? You know, it, it life and society and transport modes have changed uh, since was it nineteen oh five or nineteen oh six when Blues Blues mm. moved to that Blues moved to that site, um, and yeah they 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 absolutely they absolutely need to be looking f- for a different option, and they are. You know, I just I read a piece that you've you've just written uh quoting gary, gary cook um in from an interview you, you did with him was it around Christmas time or just yeah, after christmas? yeah. yeah. Before christmas yeah and 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 he, he when you when you pick through all of his quotes and 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 isolate the you know the really salient ones you know he makes those points about St Andrew's belonging to sort of a bygone era doesn't he uh and mm. and night knighthead are clearly all too aware if they if they want this sort of multi use um arena that's maybe you know maybe gonna have two or three events on a week or something like that, then it's not going to be at St Andrews. But in the short term, there are improvements that can be made to the supporter experience, isn't
0: there? Yeah, definitely. Um the going back to the car thing, just before we come on to that, the two thirds of blues fans that we that we polled in a in a, a poll on our website actually drive to games rather than use public transport. Um I think that's a big one. It's probably, you know, because there's not really an adequate trans- public transport system getting you straight directly to Saint Andrews. Bordersley Green is obviously the nearest um, nearest train station, but I'm told by some fans that that needs some needs some maintenance work to get it up to speed to to cope with Saturday's demand. Um, so yeah, that that's that's the biggest issue for me. I think there needs to be a good public transport system ferrying fans to and from the city centre that makes it easy for them so not everyone has to drive and all converge on St Andrews at the same time. Um, until until that's in place, I think there's always going to be some traffic issues around the ground. Um, with regards to fan experience, they are doing a lot of things and I, I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, the club have obviously set up the official supporters group and are working with uh, some of the fans to... So that so that people are able to get their grievances and, and opinions across to people that matter at the club that can make this change. Um, even from from Saturday's game, you know, I spoke to uh, Suki from the um, the Punjabi Blues <coughs> group early, and he was telling me about you know that you know things in the toilets uh, were an issue for some fans. There wasn't adequate one way system in some of the the men's toilets. Uh, some of the bins in the in the Gilmeric. Um, and a few other things. Obviously, the main thing coming back was about the traffic and getting away from the match post-match. But but it's good that that people can now sit down with, with the owners, the powers that be, whether it's Jeremy Dale, Gary Cook, and and get these messages across to them. And hopefully, uh change can happen. It does seem like they are willing to make those changes. Uh, there's There's been an issue with the, the tunnel system, for example, and they are working to change that in time for next season. Simon Sturridge was the guest and went on the pitch on Saturday and you couldn't really... You know, I was sitting sitting quite far back in the stand, and you couldn't really tell what he was uh, what he was saying in some of his answers. That's a that's obviously a tannoy fault. So, um, so yeah, they're obviously going to work to get that sorted. Um, to be fair tonight, Ed, I made reference to it in the piece earlier. But you know, with the issues with St Andrews since they took over, they have you know worked very hard and promptly to to change things and make it better.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like the team, you know, the the stadium's lacked investment for years and years and years, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. it's going to you're not going to put it all right in in what are they now? they six, seven months, seven months into into their um ownership of the club? Um, what is the big difference is is they are listening and you know, blues fans are making these points to open ears as as, as opposed to closed doors. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it it will come uh, within reason. Obviously, you know St Andrews is only so big, and there are only so, uh, there is only so much space for outlets and toilets and things like this. Mm-hmm. But you you do get the impression that well, you don't get the impression it is you know there there it is happening, isn't it? People, the people at at, at nighthead have got open ears, and and they are looking to to, to, to make to improve the situation because they do recognise that the supporter experience is a facet of people not coming. Um, mm. Albeit not the main facet, mm. which is as which is as you say, uh, results and what's going on in
0: the pitch. Um moving on to questions and staying with the the same theme to begin with from John Ramsey. Any thoughts on the ticket incentives? Anything that increases attendance is is a good thing. Brian, you, you did already you've already mentioned that you know Tom Wagner can't constantly do that, but I do think there is room to to have days like that, maybe two or three potentially even four throughout a season where, you know, Blues look to get local schools, colleges, children into the stadium and also students as a massive student um, group of students in in Birmingham that probably haven't been tapped into um, by any of the football clubs. So it's about getting these people in cheaply because that's what they want first and foremost. I was a student, you were a student. Once upon a time, you don't want to be spending you know, 30 quid for a ticket, do you? No. So um, so that's that's first and foremost. Um, and obviously then keeping them with the quality of football. Um, I've been crunching some of the numbers um, because I think we've both said at times this season the price at St Andrews have been pretty steep for some games. Mm. I think back to the the Leicester game before Christmas, the Sheffield Wednesday game and also the Rotherham game. I know Blues did work some initiatives around those, those fixtures if you combine them. But, um, for the game against Southampton, which is the next home game on uh, March the second or third, is it? Um, yeah. So, if a four person family went to that game, two adults, two children, uh, and all sit in the cop, uh, you know it'll cost them ninety five pounds, ninety five pounds, and on top of that, you've got your food, your drink you transport to the game, potentially a match day programme, which I know doesn't cost a lot, but yeah, still, it's another expense. You're probably talking in excess of 150 getting on for £200. Um, you know, it's, it's an expense that probably not many people are going to commit to on a regular basis. Certainly not, I would say, every two weeks in the current climate. So there's got to be more incentives. There's got to be more done because at the end of the day, you know, if you don't create new fans, fans are going to, you know, die out eventually, aren't they? So you need to kind of focus on the next generation and get them in the building so they can enjoy Birmingham city and stay with Birmingham city. Cause that's your next generation of fans.
1: I was t- talking to Richard Wilford about this the other day, actually. Um, and is, is there seven home games left? Um, let's Sounds say, right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say, let's say there's 14 matches and half of those are half of those are home. I just wonder if, it, if it's worth, and it's probably too short a turnaround to organize it be worth sort of offering you know a seven game end of season ticket for 140 quid at 20 quid a pop or something like you know just something like that just to just to retain uh what's st- what felt like a bit of momentum that started on on saturday uh, it would be it would be unfortunate just to see it drop back down to you know to nineteen thousand, twenty thousand again um against southampton uh, because of the prices um so, yeah, it's it, a, lot, a lot of creativity and thinking outside the box is needed. Uh, I suppose the other the other point to make about this from the fan's point of view as well, really, is, you know, if you want a better product on the pitch, you're probably going to have to pay for it, aren't you, as well? You, you know, Knighthead, Knighthead have spoken quite a lot about, um, about increasing the revenue to improve the FFP balance. Uh and unfortunately, that revenue comes out of supporters' pockets, doesn't it? And and that's not me saying yes. Every game should be 30, 32 quid. Um, just you know, for, for for a part of the any part of the ground, it needs to be better value than that. But you know, un- unfortunately, the the increase in revenue, the, the people that are providing that revenue is is fans. And I think, to be fair, blue Blues fans will respond to that. Um, if they think it's worth paying for, you've got to remember that they are coming from, that they're coming from uh, yeah. a decade, a decade of why would you give your hard earned money to, to the, pre- to the two previous ownerships groups? You, you just wouldn't, would you? And I totally understand that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be the hardest people to get back. The, the people who've stayed away because of the results and because of the, the rubbish football over the last 10, 12 years since the, since the Carling Cup win really. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be a huge challenge for, for nighthead to to work that one out and find a, a price point that appeals to, to everyone, really, that everyone can meet. Um, season tickets will be a very interesting thing. They're going to yeah. come out probably, you know, most clubs release them, that kind of information about March, April time, uh, ready for the early birds. So um, that's going to be interesting because maybe some people... Then again that one lump sum some people may look at it and think oh if i'm going to save myself 3 400 quid over a season i'll go for it but at the same time there are a lot of people who can't afford in this especially in today today's financial climate to to lash out you know 500 pounds 4 500 pounds in one fell swoop so um i do hope they find some common ground on the price point that that doesn't price people out because at the end of the day we all want full full st andrews don't we
1: yeah, uh, it, it's very difficult as well because uh, you know club blues and, and all clubs, you know they, they have to look after their season ticket holders, don't they? They, they mm. have to make sure it's worth their while to make that financial commitment I, I, in the summer, or you know, albeit maybe spread over installments or whatever way. But you need to preserve the value for the, to, to those um to those season ticket holders because if you fork out four hundred and fifty quid on mm. the season ticket, then every third week there's, a, there's you know there's a kids for a quid and an offer then. Why would you? It's it's such a difficult balance, you know. It's it going to take someone far more uh, new uh, sort of au fait with these with 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 these dynamics than 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 us pair. But yeah, it's it's you are right. It will be very interesting to see what happens with the season ticket prices. They were f- they were frozen for many years, and you and you could go well. So they should be. Um, but um, but yeah. I wouldn't want to speculate about what what what's going to happen in the summer, but interesting is probably
0: a good word to, to use. Uh, moving on to Oliver Newman, any chance of any free transfer signings, especially in the the striker department, or if not, any chance of Dixon getting brought up to the first team anytime soon? Honestly, I, I think Julie Dixon is the player that gets the most mentions on this podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> he seems to be on every week. Um should we answer that I'll quickly answer the second second part of that question. am I don't see Dixon getting many chances now, especially you know, before the end of the season. You know, in the last few games, potentially, you know, if he continues to do very well for the for the 21s uh, and the first team coaching staff take notice, then potentially. But blues are so well stocked, even in those forward positions, they are really well stocked. And there are players that that Mowbray can't even get in the squad like Oliver Burke, Manny Lungelo, Gary Gardner's not getting any kind of minutes, experienced players that that have been ahead of Dickerson in the pecking order. So um, I think you're probably looking at next season, if Dixon is going to break into the first team, or we'll potentially go on loan. I, I can't see it happening this season now. Not now the FA Cup games have gone.
1: Yeah, just uh, not quite sure what Oliver means. Does he mean? Do we think he means a chance of a a free transfer signing before the end of the season?
0: Yeah, I think so. Free agents. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I just—I mean, that's not going to happen, is it? Um, Mm. On you know, on on the basis that if someone's. If a striker isn't, has been without a club this far into the season, then they're probably with the best will in the world. They're going to ta- take a month or six weeks to get up to speed, aren't they? Mm. Uh, by which time, you know, half of the remainder of, of the season is over. Um, as you say, there are there are other options, and the options that are out there as free agents aren't particularly great ones. So, no, I, that, that, that's not going to happen. Um I mean, yes. I, I suppose implicit in, in 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 Oliver's point is the fact that that we all desperately want Blues to have a twenty-goal-a-season striker. Um, and goals goals are coming at the moment, aren't they? From all, from all over the team. You know, Bakuna's got quite. Has Bakuna got seven?
0: Seven. S- yeah, James. Densfield nine.
1: Uh, yeah, ja- yeah. James, James, seven. Miyoshi's probably on. What is he on? Four or five now. Five. 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 Yeah. So. You know the the goals are coming. They're not abundant, but but they they are coming. Uh, and I feel at this stage, you know, they're, they're they're coming in sufficient enough quantities to 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 get Blues over over the line for this season. They'll make a proper informed judgment from, you know, from whatever free agents that have been released by clubs at the end of this season that ha- have been playing regularly, or you know, having done some scouting from. South Korea again, or you, you know, so we know the scouting network is far wider. Um, or you, you know, having a look at, at, at pretend uh, more lone players from Premier League clubs as well. So, yeah, not, not
0: something that's going to be addressed. No, absolutely not. Uh, next one from James What would your main positions you'd want to strengthen be, and what players? could we get to fulfill that uh i think we're probably both going to struggle to to name names at this point we have in previous podcasts named a player we'd like to sign or whatever but i think we're both going to struggle with names because there'll be so many in the summer uh so many positions that blues need to strengthen but brian the main main position you'd like Blues strengthen?
1: well it's i mean it's goalkeeper isn't a goalkeeper and strikers uh because at the end of the season there'll be no goalkeepers under contract and mm. right in saying no strikers uh hogan go hogan's up Jukovitch uh, is up. Stansfield will go back. Uh, that about covers count, it, doesn't it?
0: If you count Tyler Roberts as a striker, then potentially. But yeah, not okay, it.
1: yeah. So yeah, I mean
0: goalkeeper and strikers,
1: isn't it? Um, is is the is the answer to that one? Um, I, I've waxed lyrical about Sinclair Armstrong here, uh, uh, which is uh, previously, which is just me dreaming rather than anyone saying to me that that um, any anyone you know there's been any contact or anything like that. I think he's got potential. I quite like Bailey Kadamatry at Sheffield Wednesday as well. I think he's mm. he's, he's a young man with, with with a lot of upside. Um yeah there'll be there'll be some there'll be some uh some lower some sort of the more prolific lower league players that will come across across Blues radar. Stansfield would be the obvious one you'd love to see back even on a second loan, wouldn't you? Mm. Um yeah, so just just a, f- a few names there, and 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 I do think Blues Net will be wider than it's been for many years uh, mm. in in, term, in terms of scouting for strikers. But absolutely, they need two goalkeepers and, and two strikers if Mo, if, if Mo, Tony Mowbray wants to go that way. And, and you know, we, we've seen him seen his sides do well without a recognised striker uh, at Sunderland. But clearly, you know, his Blackburn team had two or three very good strikers, didn't they? Adam Armstrong and 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 um, Ben Brereton-Diaz as well. So it'll be very much a case of what, what Mowbray wants. What would you say?
0: Oh, no, I know. I'm just on the subject of Sheffield Wednesday strikers. we liked, I like Dugbo. I thought he was quite good, to be honest. Uh, two goals against Blues. He could have had a f- couple more. I was going to well. say he missed
1: a few, though, didn't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he looked like he had very good physical attributes, especially, and, and came in well off the right-hand side when he moved there second half. But um there are there are a lot of players in the, in this league that i I'd, I'd love Blues to sign. Um, the thing is with Mowbray, you know the areas we think blues may need to strengthen he probably thinks something completely different like we looked at a january not with a lot of us and, and thought oh you know maybe blues can strengthen in the spine thinking defense midfield and striker mo Bray just thought purely midfield three midfielders so um yeah so yeah he'll have his own ideas midfield probably doesn't need a lot of strengthening in the summer given that they could if they can go and sign Azell on a permanent deal they'll have peck already um, there's your midfield there, um, depending on what happens with with Ivan Sonjic. And obviously, you know, Jordan James will be a bit of a saga, I imagine, in the summer as well. So, um, yeah, for me, a striker and a goalkeeper, like you said, I'd potentially, I would like to see a, a ball playing left side centre-back. We've spoken about passing lines before, but I do think having a left-footed centre-back in the modern game is quite important, especially if you're going to play the way that Mowbray wants to play with Blues and in, in terms of playing out from the back. Uh, I think a left footed center back would be a really shrewd addition, but then again, there aren't that many top left footed center backs in the championship, either. So, um, no, so, yeah,
1: yeah, they do tend to. Yeah, I wonder if Austin Trusty feels like he's had enough of the uh, of the, <laughs> of, the pre- of the Premier League and he's hankering for a, ret- a return home. Um, yeah, what, what did you make of James Beadle, the um, the Wednesday goalkeeper? He, he was a lad that Blues were connected with, weren't they? You know, albeit. You know, quite sensitively in in the last transfer window, um, I was I was reasonably impressed. To be fair, uh, you know, just to say he's a young lad. He's on loan from Brighton. Brighton, I think, have given him a new contract. Is that right? Mm. And uh, you know, so Blues aren't. Buy- I don't think Blues are buying James be- James Beadle from Brighton. But what about him as a loan, a young lone goalkeeper? Does that make you uneasy? The fact he's y- your goalkeeper's a lonely What, what would you? Say? Is he not good enough? Thoughts about him? No.
0: Sarkic kept loads of clean sheets of Blue as well. He was on loan, didn't he? He Uh, did did very well. So, so that, that bit doesn't, doesn't, wouldn't put me off. Um, I really liked him. I thought he was very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Played out probably a little bit too much in the first half at times, but, um, a decent size, decent presence for, for someone I think is only 19 still, um, made some, made some good saves. I don't think Blue's worked him anywhere near as much as they should have that night. Um, but he looked quite a good goalkeeper. Another Brighton goalkeeper I like is Kyle Rushworth, who's at Swansea. Mm. Um, I think he's a really good player. I know he made some mistakes early on in the season, one against Blues um, back on the opening day, but I think he's a really good goalkeeper. and He's he's obviously come good for them this season. Um, so he Brighton, really does
1: play it from the back, doesn't he? He, he really does, does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So from Brighton, his own goal line,
0: yeah. That's clearly the way Brighton uh, want their goalkeepers to play. But, yeah, he's a, he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, a lone goalkeeper wouldn't put me off. I, I'd be quite happy for Blues to go down that route. But I think you need an experienced guy next to him, a John Ruddy or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, the goalkeeping department's going to be really interesting this summer because it's going to be a complete makeover by the, by the, by the sounds of it. Um, moving on to the last question from, from Dave Pugh. Uh, wishing Tony all the best and a speedy recovery. Early days, but how do you think the players have, will react to a fourth, albeit temporary, manager this season? Hope Mark Venus can keep the spirit Tony generated in the group. Keep right on. Um, obviously, we don't know at the moment, you know, how the players are reacting. It'll be, I think, the thing the thing that I will I'll take away from it, I think the Mowbray's personality is going to be a huge miss, you know, in and around the training ground. We know what a kind of, what a vocal presence and a, and a positive presence he, he can be around there. So that's going to be a big miss. Um, you know, he'll still obviously be in communication with, with Mark Venus and and talking about things. So um he'll still have him to lean on. Um you'd hope, like I said earlier, you'd hope it wouldn't have a big impact. And as Brian pointed out, you know, these players are still have still got to play for Tony Mowbray, they've still got to impress Tony Mowbray. Um, And they've got to, essentially, a lot of them fight for their own futures and, and, you know, make sure they can be part of the the Birmingham City squad going into next season when, you know, finishing 15th in the championship won't be acceptable. Blues will want to be pushing for, you know, pushing in the top half and pushing to be in the in and around the playoff mix in the second season. So um, there's a lot to play for for these players over the final 14 games and I, I don't. I don't think there'll be any excuses from from them to to not perform. Even though Tony Mowbray won't be on the touchline.
1: Yeah, I, I th- that also worth pointing out is they are a part of a team that is that is in an upward trajectory, rather than mm. traditionally when you change when you change a manager that you know the, the the previous, well certainly the Rooney one when Mowbray came in from Rooney they they were uh, they were pretty down at heel, weren't they? So uh, the, this lot have have a vision of what. Of what functional in a Mowbray in a Mowbray team looks like, uh, maybe functional is a bit a bit harsh, but coherent, I suppose, is a better word. What coherent looks like in in, in terms of Mowbray, uh, so that won't leave them. Um, they they they've seen us seen a vision of something that works and something that they can do and seem reasonably well suited to, albeit not perfect yet. So if they can keep that sh- show on the road from that point of view. I, I, I'd, I'd be optimistic on on that front. Um, yeah, we're we're not going to know, are we? Uh, Dave is is a short answer until we until we clap eyes on on players. Um, what I would say is I've been impressed with Mowbray's substitutions and game management, particularly in the yeah. last couple when he when he sort of opened it up and and, and brought the created the artists he likes to call them. He's brought them onto onto the field and, and they they've proved dec- decisive and, and created a winner. Um, I wonder if that sort of in-game nuance and 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 feel for the way things are going. I, I wonder if that is lost to um to the squad for now. I, I don't know. It may. It, I'm absolutely speculating. It's probably wrong of me to do so. It may be that that maybe we'll have
0: a line into Venus. I, I don't know. Um, onto the takes. We've only got one this week. Um, from Mark Powell. After the positive experience of full ground last Saturday, I sincerely hope that the club look at other alternatives. Sorry, other initiatives to achieve a 25,000-plus crowd. As a long-term season ticket holder, I would rather the club reduce prices than play with the ground only two-thirds full. Um, that fits in with the theme of this podcast. I mean, we have spoken at great length about that, and I, I agree with that with that point 100%, Mark. Um, I think most of us, especially between now and the other season, would rather see Blues play in front of bigger crowds, even if that means ticket prices are reduced. I completely accept the point Brian made earlier about people who've already bought season tickets might feel a little bit short-changed if, if there are initiatives every single week. Uh, but I do feel like the the next three months or you know two and a half months left of this season uh, is a real time to build for Blues and create fans for next season, get people on the bandwagon, and hopefully then going into next season when august comes you know blues don't need initiatives to have a 24 25,000 thousand crowd
1: mm. yeah absolutely if 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 saturday can be replicated two or three more times mm. and blues stay safe and go, go into the um in, into the into the summer that season ticket sells itself in a way doesn't it it, you know pe- people who've been buying season ticket season tickets for the last few years have been doing it very much out of duty and i absolutely full of admiration for them uh for that but if, if there could be more cachet as in terms of better product on the field and a better experience off it then uh then yeah they can do that if they can do something that improves that for the next few weeks i, w- I would be in favor of that yeah definitely
0: 100%. I think that's it, Brian. Um, thank you, as ever, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please keep bringing your your questions and takes. They make up a huge part of the podcast, and we're very grateful for them. Um, get well soon to, to Tony Mowbray. Hopefully, we see him back on a touchline in the very near future. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and keep right on from both of us.